Welcome back to Witty Banter, episode number one hundred seventy-eight. Oh man, starting off strong here. Uh, I am your host, Max Scott. With me today, as always, Mr. Hunter Dorset. How are you doing today? G dude. You doing all right? Cool. And Chase, how are you doing over there, Mr. Chase Williams? I'm doing well. I got rid. I, I'm packing up my house, and so I sold. I'm having to sell everything. Right. And uh, you know that means selling the TV. So Dude, now I literally I can't play video games. What is right now. your strategy? I think we've talked about That's this on the wild. show before. But what is your selling strategy? Are you going garage sale? Or are you going called, on apps? Like, yeah, there's an app called like Let It Go or Let Go or yeah, declutter. Let go all that. or you've just got let go, so you, you oh, know yeah. whatever it is. Oops, but, I let uh, go stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Oops, right. I dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're using an app right now, and it's proved useful. Um, right. And yeah, man. I mean, I didn't want the TV to go so soon, but it, it's got to. Everything's got to go, and it just it went first. That's a tough accident. choice. Yeah, <laughs> for real. That's the last thing, you know. It's like the first thing you move into a place when mm-hmm. you're like, I'll yep. move everything in on, you know, Sunday. Yep. But it's Friday now, so I'll bring a couple chairs yeah. and like my television <laughs> and I'll be okay until then, I guess, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a bold yeah. choice. But I'll, maybe that like forces I'd you to, you know, maybe use your switch more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, dude, seriously, no. Well, I sold the and adapter a, to um, that, so it actually died. I ordered I, sell it? Yeah, I ordered a um a a modded Game Boy Advance that's going to be coming in soon too Sweet. as well. And, that's and actually so very like, cool. Yeah, what the mod is, is essentially like it backlights the screen since those consoles didn't have backlighting. And I ordered a few Game Boy Advance games to come in, so I'm going to play those too. And but yeah, the the day before I had to sell it, I I binged Red Dead Redemption two for eight like eight hours and just wow. like all right, well. This is potentially the last time I can get to play it for a few weeks, so here we go. That's you know? wild. But you're so you're moving, but you sold your TV. Like I moved a couple times, and I never sold my TV. You know, I, mean, I would understand. Did like, you a couch move across stuff. the world? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did I you have to pay true. for a shipping container? Oh uh, yeah, that's actually very true. <laughs> what is that? In, well, I guess I don't know if we should really get into that just yet. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah, let's, let's get our beers. Put in, and yeah. All let's that go going. ahead and you know do the do the press do pause the D's, on that. Right? Got another we'll come juicy right back one. Well, we do have a juicy one. This is a cool looking can. It looks like a Red Bull can. It's pretty rad. Which is wild. So can you please explain this rad beer we're doing here? Yeah. So this is another six point brewery. This little uh, can is kind of their staple. All their cans right. are like this. And this is the Meltdown Double IPA with Mandarina Bavaria and Mosaic hops. Um. So on the back, it reads, finally, a meltdown that isn't global. We're talking about what's going on in the hop cone. Tons of mosaic and mandarina hops heated up until the solid lupulin sap is diffused (laughs) into solution. As that liquid sap dissolves, it gets more intense, but you can't even see it happen. It changes states of matter to change your state of mind. Finally, you reach saturation and haze starts to show. Your eyes aren't just playing tricks on you. That's seriously pure hop juice oozing out of the can. Enough to melt your face. A little wow. indulgent. What is this, going yeah, on? But they're really trying to get it with the uh, the trippy vibes, bro. It sounds trippy because I didn't understand yeah. it. But uh, <laughs> I really hope that these... <laughs> I really hope that these Lupin sacks... 
The you know, really the lupulin sap really stands out. Sounds like some special item in a video game that you got to collect if, three of before the yeah, final 100%. boss. Yeah, one hundred percent. If that was in like your Dark Souls or not game that you had, I probably would have fallen uh-huh. for it. The lupulin sap. <laughs> oh, the Eldritch Church seeks this sap out on nights of the hunt. Uh, but Six Point is a renowned brewery. Yeah, They've done it, some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, they have one of my favorite IPAs. This I'm is a jealous. double IPA. It's 7.8 right. alcohol by volume, 30 IBUs, which is kind of low for a double IPA, but I guess it will be a little fruitier what? and juicy. This is a good... So we've talked about it before, like what makes a double IPA a double IPA. And uh-huh. I've never gotten a concrete answer from anybody. So well, here you, are you ready for it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't yeah, do the second running, right? The, there it is. Yeah, so what Hunter just said basically is like you uh, you steep your water in all of the grain and that creates like the wort, which is essentially just like grain tea. And then usually they will filter, they'll do another, kind of um, they'll run water through that those grains again to get the extra sugar out of there. But that will dilute the wort because you're adding extra mm. water to it. So on a double IPA, you just do the first... Uh, runnings of the um, the boil, and then that's it. And so it's just like extremely thicker. concentrated mm. with sugar, which means you're gonna have a higher it's alcohol because there's like feels like there's less work that goes into a double IPA then, in theory. <laughs> Probably, yeah. you know what I mean. A little less. Uh, you're just like fuck it, whatever it is. It's but more it. expensive. It's pretty. Str- yeah, it's more yeah. expensive to get more more beer. So. That's true. That's true. Well, that's cool because, like you said, the the alcohol content doesn't seem too terribly high. Just looking at the beer, it doesn't like visually look like a double IPA normally. Yeah, it doesn't feel as dark. It looks fruity. It looks man. lighter. It looks, looks citrusy. It looks, looks like fruity. It would be like a wheat beer. Or something. Yeah, for sure. Foggy. It's interesting that they've. Uh, it's like another double IPA. It's like, well, we our resin is a flagship, and so now we want to do something different. You know. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm jealous that you guys are drinking that. Their resin is an IPA, and then they have a double IPA resin. It's like the same I thing. The resin was, I thought the resin was just the double IPA. Maybe they doubled the double. IPA. They have a they have a single and a double IPA. I don't know whether which one's the resin and which one's their, not. Their um, their Goza is still my favorite Goza of all time, and they only made it like yeah. You got it at Witchcraft, months. right? Yeah. Yeah, I tried. I think I, st- I tried that uh, one too. It was pretty fucking good. Yeah, I yeah. still dream about that beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, hopefully they'll bring it back, and hopefully in the future we'll be dreaming about this beer. But yeah. we'll give it a shot, give it a taste. What about you, Chase? What are you slurping over there? So check this out. On the way back from Hamburg, we went by way of Dublin. So we were in the Dublin International Airport. Uh, naturally, we had a Guinness there, and it was delicious. But then Darian also bought some whiskey that isn't sold here in the United States and brought it through customs. And oh. it is called the Glendalough Whiskey. Um, and it is made, it's an Irish whiskey, um, it says double barrel, whatever that means. And it's made in the mountains near Ireland. And it's like a craft whiskey brand that, um, is, is, is local to that area of the world. So that's what we're trying today. Very cool, man. Sounds like it's going to be very Truly delicious. international man here. Yeah, absolutely. Very cultured. This you can already tell. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, let's go ahead and dive right into it, boys. This is witty banter. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the gigantic German elephant in the room. Okay. Chase, you got some news for everybody. What's going on with you, man? So we talked about yesterday me being gone because I was in Germany. I was there for a job interview uh, with a mobile games company called Inno Games, and I got the job, boys. And that means that... 
Or the germ, the unemployment. as he's told me. It's <laughs> the actually yeah, word. It's, the German word. It's actually a yerb. Yeah, yerb. I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. I'm fully yerbin. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, so yeah, that's the unemployment is coming to an end. And it was fun uh, while it I'm lasted. Going to be a, yeah. <laughs> I'm it sure. was fucking great. It's been <laughs> almost six months, dude. <laughs> Like, Damn, I got has it? been one of the best places to, to be unemployed. I yeah. mean, just straight up. I can imagine. You know? Yeah, I mean, weather, tired. I'm um, sure, is a nice little uplift to your unemployment. Yeah, wake up every <laughs> yeah. day. Oh, I'm not feeling super inspired. It does inspired. feel perfect again today. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Oh, man. But anyway, sorry. So please the, go on. No, that's fine. So the job is I'm going to be a product manager on a game called Tribal Wars. And what's kind of fucking crazy is that we played Tribal Wars in, like, middle school, dude. Oh, dude. Or whenever sure. it was. I remember because I was on the inside while this was going on, right? Because you were talking to us about it while it was going on. And you were kept talking about how this is the company that made Tribal Wars. And I was like, that's fucking cool. That was a game we played like 10 years ago. Yeah. And it was really funny and stuff. And like, I wonder <laughs> what they're doing now. You're like, no, 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 Max. I don't think you understand. I'm working for the company that makes Tribal Wars. I'm going to be working <laughs> they on still, Tribal yeah, Wars. Yeah, I'm going to. Make and I was like. So hold on. Question. Who was yeah. the best at Tribal Wars of our group of friends? Well, I've, I've been trying to remember because Eric Espino used yeah, to play. And strong. I've actually been playing with Eric Espino in these like <laughs> last few weeks because we've just been ex- I like hit him up. I was like telling him that this was going on. Uh, <laughs> I just can't awesome. remember. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember how deep in the game we got. But I th- I don't know if we if any of us ended up having more than one village, Max. Like, can you recall that? I like from what I recall. <laughs> when I started, I would like get my village going and I had you guys as buddies. So like what would happen is like people would attack me and I'd be like, that's it. Hey guys, send like a thousand <laughs> troops to this guy. Yeah. And then you 1, guys would be like, you got it. And then like you could message people and people would be like, <laughs> oh no, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, give me all your supplies and I'll call them off. I'll call off my big bros. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But I do remember I would like kind of start building stuff. And then like the second you stepped away for it for like two days, you'd come back and we're like, oh, everybody was slaughtered in my village and everybody was destroyed. <laughs> yep. So it was my, I've been playing the game as this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I've been playing the game as this whole thing's been going on and it's been probably like four weeks now. And just two days ago, my village got conquered. And oh, really? It was terrible. <laughs> wow. Was You're a, like, do you know who I am? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> You're about to have some glitches coming your wow. way. Wow. Banned. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Looks your like you lost a few of your own. Is, is offensive. <laughs> Big green elephant 46. Oh, man. But, 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 uh, but yeah, dude, I've been uh, just coming to terms with, with all of it because now it's, uh, yeah, when I lost, so when I moved out here to work for Sony, like, I thought that was going to be this, like, four to eight year kind of plan. And right. when I got. When I got laid off, I remember being in the car on my drive home and just being like, well, that chapter ended sooner than I thought. And I have no idea what the next chapter will be. Um, and looking at what is coming a- ahead of me, it's like, to me, this is the the best possible timeline or, you know, like this is the best possible future that could have happened. I'm, I'm super excited to get to get over to Germany because like you guys know, ever since I visited there four years ago, I've kind of had an itch to live abroad. And the fact that I get to kind of um, get a new position and move to Germany all in one swoop is like this epic stroke of fortune that I couldn't have possibly imagined, you know? No, right on. I mean, I think that this probably never would have happened had you not gotten laid off of course yeah so you can always think about that kind of fondly now as a 
moment in time where it like helps you transition into something even tighter than an already pretty tight situation that you had. <laughs> yeah. So now you're living in the tightest timeline. So that's probably a yeah, really cool sure. feeling. And I think it's it's just dope too. I mean, just as a pat on the back. I mean, I've had like Thank my you. brothers have gone in and out of um, you know jobs and and unemployment and stuff, and it's not easy to like either get laid off or leave a job and to be unemployed for a long time and then get yourself right back into a job, you know? And I think, you know, yeah. it takes a certain amount of resolve to just like keep striving, not settling for something, getting for something sure. you truly want. And you got something that just fucking seems like a very chase fucking, like <laughs> Even I, if more I could put so two than things together was. and put you in a spot, yeah. it'd be Germany, like, right. dealing with games. Exactly. You know, that's fucking sick, man. Like he was working for a video game company. Yeah. He's like, wow, that's Chase's dream. You know, it'd be the only thing that could be yeah. better than this. <laughs> What if it was like was in Germany? What was that? I just got a call from Chase. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. moving to Germany for a video game company, which is pretty wild. So yeah, it man, was cool. Kudos. It was. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, it was very fun. Like the interview process was great. The guys, like my my future boss and the guys I'm gonna be working with, are all very cool. And I remember a joke that you said, Max, many episodes ago about like I just want to be in a situation where I get interviewed. And in a lot of ways, like I went through like many hours of interviews in this process and. They were just fun, you know, like right. I would like in the last um, when I was in Germany, the kind of the last interview I had was another hour and a half long interview. And I would tell people that and they're like, damn, that's a long time. But since we've been doing this show for five years, it's like, eh, that's just a podcast, you know, right. and yeah. kind of being able to have that um, that conceptualization of it, I think, was really helpful. And it was it was super fun to just sit in a room and have people ask me questions and get to like need to really be on like be mentally on on like a 100% level and in, in like answering these questions, you know, right? Yeah, I was gonna ask you kind of how that process went like you went out there for a series of uh, Like interviews and did they mostly just talk to you about like at what point did it transition from like these were your job? Duties and then now they were like probably breaking you down I know they, they asked you about tribal wars and like what you felt about tribal mm -hmm. wars and stuff and you had to kind of prepare answers and stuff so were there other yeah. questions like that that kind of broke down like not just what have you done in the workplace? But more like, what are your right. attitudes towards Or like things? a key interview point or yeah, something yeah. that like you really felt like was like you took advantage of? Or right. I mean, being there, the questions were much more focused on leadership because this is a leadership position and it's my first management role. Mm -hmm. And so they were very much trying to figure out like, you know, it was a lot of hypothetical scenarios. It was a lot of like f kind of philosophical questions on like how you would act or how you would handle things. And then they, the second day when the kind of interview, the questions stopped coming to me, they were really keen on getting my questions to them. They wanted, they gave me a lot of uh, meetings where I was the one asking the questions. And I think that was mm -hmm. also a key part of, they wanted to see if I was kind of in the same headspace that they would want me to be there, you know? Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it was great. Like I, they treated us amazingly. Like they flew Darian out there as well. So they were very much like welcoming and they understand, like they said, like, this is going to be a huge move for both of you. So like you guys should both come out here and see the, um, the, the city and everything, which means like it's one of those companies that really takes care of their employees and creates like a stable environment and stuff like that. And so I just feel so, I just feel super lucky, man. And I'm excited. I think the, you know, I'm going to be, my start date is January 15th, which is very nice. close. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, well, that's good once too. that happens, it's going to be a whirlwind. And I, I can't wait to see what those days bring, you know. That's going to be very insane. And just as a cultural shakeup, see, I've never been 
out of the United States. So mm-hmm. I don't know like how important the ideas of like you're going to be bringing Darian with you and Darian is not mm-hmm. very as or at least not nearly as immersed into German culture and stuff as you are. Like is that yeah. do you think can you like is she going to be kind of thrown into a situation where it's going to be very like tough or just being somebody who can like speak English and has you know that sort of background is going to be okay for her for a while or are you guys both going to ultimately need to be able to like fluently speak and be immersed in German? So it's it's kind of um, the the advice is become fluent or as best as you can because right. speaking German is is not necessarily a requirement for living life there but it's it's certainly uh, they it's it's the best piece of advice right <laughs> and so for her that's going to be more of a challenge. Um, she's very excited to meet that challenge head on. She wants to learn the language. She wants to learn a new culture and all that. But I do have a head start there. But when we look at all of the list of challenges that are coming, you know, on like this check sheet of stuff that has to be like either has to be done with all this visa processing, getting an apartment, getting a German bank account, getting a German cell phone, getting German Internet, mm. getting German utilities, <laughs> all this stuff. Mm. It's going to be a challenge, period. But we really think like if we can meet these challenges head on and accomplish them, they're going to make us stronger, more able people in the world and we will be better for them. And we just look at this as an opportunity to just live interesting lives and get to kind of go outside the typical status quo of the kind of uh, narrative of um, what life is like in the States, I guess, you know, so I think that's kind of our attitude. Yeah, for sure. That's going to be some crazy world experience, like having, like understanding and having experience with transitioning between countries is going to be huge. Yeah. Cause that's definitely something I think as Americans that we have like zero idea like yeah. how to do because it's, that's just not how we live. And like, we don't live in an area with like congested countries to where that's yeah. like something that could even be something that feels simpler in like European nations or something like that. Mm-hmm. But is our like, it's, just even from this point going forward, it's going to seem so much less daunting if you move to like a different country or something like that's that. What that's what I, yeah, wild, and that's you know? exactly it is like, and now at this point is just like, well, what does that mean for the future? Like the long-term future to me is so unclear and that's very exciting to me now. Right. Like, I don't know, I don't know what comes next in 10 years. And you know, if that means when I'm 60, I end up living in some, in a country that isn't the United States. And, and to me, all of those possibilities are super exciting, you right. know? Totally. You but, get to like learn about, like actually really immersing yourself full on long term into a culture too is pretty cool. Like, yeah. cause you, yeah. You, yeah. First steps is like, I don't know much about the culture, but these are all like the stereotypical things. And then there's like, Oh, I, I learned a lot about the culture by like taking a class or maybe doing a study abroad, but then like learning some of the more deep seated cultural traits and stuff is going to be, I think very cool for y'all that you only get through. Yeah. Immersion, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And like even thinking about trips uh, to like Japan, for instance, where mm-hmm. we were there for like two weeks and that's a long time to be vacationing, but that still wasn't even close to enough time to see or do the things that you want to do. And so when I, when I kind of consider our appetite for seeing those things, really the only option is to just, is to move because even a two month trip isn't long enough, you know, and right. to, to fill those appetites and everything. So yeah, man, it's, uh, it's great. We are going to be having like a party in December that you guys are going to be at. And so I'm excited to just get everybody in one place and celebrate it. Um, and then of course share my experiences as I, as I go. Yeah, for sure, man. That's going to be wild. Did you ever, uh, this is kind of like inside our group of people cause nobody else will know him. Did you ever contact Shackleton? Is Shackleton going to be trying to make it out or anything like that? He can't go, but I did invite him. Um, 
But Shackleton will be a part of the uh, the groomsmen at the wedding, so right that'll be something. Dope. Well, that is also something, too, as well. Nice. You got a lot on your plate right now. I'm sure you're very <laughs> exhausted. So you should yeah. probably, yeah, you should probably relax. I know you've been hanging out uh, or playing Red Dead and stuff. I don't know if you had anything else to say about Red Dead before you're, because I know I you're not going to be able to play that, it for a little while. Yeah, I, I think without trying to go too long on, you know, this front half, um, what I would what I would say is that I love the story and the characters of this game so fucking much that when I'm playing, I'm really just going from story mission to story mission. Right. And the protagonist of Arthur Morgan to me is like this epic man, like this insane character, like has bubbled up in my top three, probably list of video favorite video game characters That's of cool. all time. Um, and it's just the I'm coming definitely to a close at the, on the story. And one of the chapters was a like a big left turn and kind of took the the story of these men to like kind of mythic or legendary proportions. And it, it's something that like kind of sticks out. And I don't know if it sticks out in a bad way or if it, I'm going to think about it fondly when it's all said and done. Um, and the other thing I want to mention is there are a lot of, I think, valid complaints about the game and how it plays, um, how some of the missions go down. I've seen Dooney Ray talk about the hunting, the experience of hunting in the game and how it's not very satisfying or rewarding. And I'm at this point, I'm like willing to recognize each of those individual complaints as absolutely valid. But there's something about it where none of that matters to me because just the feeling of the completeness of the experience is so big that it feels like when you pull those things, you're really just pulling at threads in what is like a singular kind of tapestry, you know? Right. Mm. So yeah, dude, the game is fucking sweet, dude. <laughs> it's been talked about on uh, South Park for like two or three episodes straight. <laughs> it's really? basically like yeah, every, like everybody in the town is like kind of distracted and just trying to get back home and play Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> <laughs> like live vicariously, um, and awesome. it's been pretty funny. They they've made jokes yeah. about how like if you start over, you have to like make a trek through the snow for like I don't know like an hour or something. Like you had to yeah. start over. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's got kind of a long quote unquote tutorial section, but um, there's that. So I also want to talk to you guys quickly about Dragon Ball Fighters. Because nice. the Saga 6 tournament was this last weekend. And, dude, I watched all, like, f- six and a half hours of pools. I watched Top 32, and I watched all of Top 8. And, and like, Damn. I feel like seeing this game now, I'm seeing the meta really open up. Like, right. we kind of criticized the game in the midpoint of the year of just being very samey and very repetitive. And while there are still established... Um, just kind of flows in the matches. I feel like things are starting to open up. I feel like we're starting to see some pretty interesting team compositions. A lot of people have dropped um, Vegeta, for instance. He's still there, right. but I'm seeing a lot of base Goku anchors, which is cool because I nice. also use him as an anchor. Um, there's a couple of Ginyus that are fucking Dude. raw. Dude, there were two Ginyu sick. players in top eight. I like that's the Ginyus coming into so the fray. Sick. There was a Broly player. Uh, one of the guys, his team was Android 18, Hit, and I think Base, and, and Frieza. And so there was no a Frieza way. in top eight. Yeah, there you go. That's sick. I know. And so, like, yeah, I, I just wanted to talk to you guys quickly about how exciting the game is becoming to me again. And, like, I have been itching to play again. Yeah. And, like, 
play new characters and stuff. Yeah, no, I've I've also been keeping up to date with it. A mutual friend of ours, Andrew, has like really latched onto the game for some reason recently. Mm-hmm. And he's been very interested in what's going on. Um, I've been kind of, I mean, I've been keeping up with everything as far for the most part as far as the saga events go. I know that. Uh, uh, hopefully not spoiling it for somebody, but Kazunoko won the last tournament. Yeah. And he's kind of established mm-hmm. himself as being this sort of like really dominant force. And I was looking into how he played the game now as opposed to how he used to. And I think it's very distinguishable like what he's doing differently now because it feels like his combos are still really like eccentric and long and big, like you know, most Dragon Ball right. uh, combos are. But that sameness feels totally different because his his Team composition now is adult Gohan, Gotenks, and Yamcha, and just the it's way that such his combos fun look team to now. Watch. Yeah, exactly. They don't look like any of the other combos that I've seen. It's not very like you know, clipping from the bottom, like yeah. jump up slightly, you know, like air, uh, jump cancel or whatever. It's it's all these. I just saw him do this thing where he like he can now he has the DP with Gohan. So mm-hmm. he'll like DP out of situations, but then catch people off of the DP with his assist. But he like got out of a situation by like and like, like <laughs> extending off of it in these really cool looking combo routes that like do a good amount of damage, but nothing that takes too terribly long. So it's gotten I think a lot more palatable to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I've been really enjoying watching it again to myself, and I'm excited to see, especially near the end of the year, how the uh, the saga event. I don't know what it's actually called. But the top eight tournament that they're going to have, tournament of power or whatever yeah, they the call it, world tour. It's such a cool concept too, because everybody's out here earning these Dragon Balls to get in. Yeah, but Kazunoko's already taken three, which means yeah. that the last chance qualifier that happens before, which is single elim- elimination, by the way, which is wild. Yeah, and then That's super just intense. the top three people that survive that tournament at this point <laughs> are going to be able to play in the top eight. So if Kazunoko just keeps winning, it's just it's a cool concept. So I'm definitely looking into it for sure. I like hearing that there's a maturation in the game that everyone's kind of fizzled out all of the beginning sort of what you were saying sameness and that it that really allows for people to kind of have their own flares and and figure out the little things that make their own team like really interesting i'm I'm curious how is uh was there any 17 play was there any um Mm. i mean where you're still seeing a shit ton of cells and bardocks and uh, oh Goku yeah, Bardock is ba- he's, Bardock he's still, is still a lot. A he's in there. No more Goku Blacks. Uh, still a lot of Android Android sixteens. Because I think y- y'all were saying that sixteen got nerfed pretty hard. So yeah, and yet somehow people are still like me making him work. So I don't really know. <laughs> wow. Some people have really an attachment to a character that <laughs> sometimes transcends the tears, but. <laughs> Doesn't always work for everybody. Transcends the tier. I have been like really considering changing my team up now, though, and that means moving away from Frieza. And I've been conflicted about it because I've love I've like found my identity in that game, maining kind of that character, and and now I uh, I don't know. Like I I've watched I watched Frieza play in this top eight, and I was listening to the commentators talk about sort of like the weaknesses of Frieza and why Frieza is kind of a weak character. And now that they explained it, like I kind of totally see it and Hmm. it's been a weird feeling for me, you know, (laughs) no, for sure. Gotta come Uh, to grips. No, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what happens in the future with that game. Um, I'm also like really interested to see what they do with the characters and stuff next season, like who they're going to bring in. Do you think they're going to drop a shit ton of characters? Yeah, of course there's going to be another season. They're going to do a season two. You think they'll do eight? 
Eight? At least was it eight they the did first eight. Time? It was eight this time. So I don't know how many, but if, even if it is maybe six. not as many, because I'd imagine that I bet some of those were already in development and right. like yeah, those characters are hard to make in that system, like the mm-hmm. the way that they're rendered. But I yeah, I I totally expect like four to six characters. God, I wish we could six. just have a poll and, and just see who w- people want. <laughs> but do you always give the people what they want, Hunter? <laughs> yes. <Is that> what? <laughs> In an entertainment fucking genre, yes. Well, maybe. But I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you give them what they don't. Well, want. the people bet. Well, I don't know because the people want like Videl, and if Dude, you want to give the every, people yeah, I know. what Dude, they want, Hunter, fucking then that's what you're gonna get. Because that's what you're gonna get when you give the people what they want. Because people, you're are gonna, stupid, yeah, you're Hunter, gonna people get people dumb. People don't know what they're doing. Maybe you have to like take a quiz, like yeah. a Dragon Ball Z quiz. <laughs> yeah, see if you're a true fan or not. Yeah. Maybe they should just ask that us keep at the Witty Banter group. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, we all fail. We're like, damn it. Oh, yeah. man. But I would I'm also, mm-hmm. I would honestly even like to see them uh, lower, like, I mean, what do you guys think about this? I There are there are still just a lot of supers in, in a match, and matches still last a pretty long time. And, and for, for me, like, this is only a complaint in the sense of watching it in tournaments, so it's very specific. Because who cares right. when you're playing and it's not in a tournament setting? But the games do last a long time, and I'm I'm curious if like buffing the damage of most characters so that n- combos are a little more powerful, and that that way it's not like you need to be always relying on level threes to sort of do the big damage. You know, right. like you maybe you get maybe meter isn't as uh, easy to get, and then combos do a little bit more damage as a base, and then that way it's more like. It is more about kind of landing those combos, and then it, it reduces the number of level threes. I I agree with that. I think it's actually a really good idea is to reduce meter growth, and then that one's that kind of like simplifies combo routes, but makes you like maximize the little time that you have because yeah. of the lack of meter would be cool. Um, I think maybe even adjusting the uh, the life that you get back when you're taken out, like the blue life situation. Might be something to do as well because it seems like you can like body an entire character, get him out, and have him almost yeah. rejuvenated by the time entirely. He's back. Yeah, at least at a high level. And that, because and that will they're so and that'll good. swing a match. Like yeah, for sure. There were several times in the in the game where like somebody yeah basically did over three quarters of someone's health, and he was able to get them out and keep them out, and mm. all of that came back and it was like wow, you just threw away a shitload of work, and now you're actually at a, yeah. like just that exchange is almost like a disadvantage to you like mm-hmm. in the in the game, you know. Yeah, I'm also I'm I'm looking forward to how they approach new characters in level threes too, because I have noticed that a lot of the level threes are uh, non cinematic, or at least a few of them have been, which I think is a good thing because it's obvious that like when a Bardock being such a strong character and his level three being so powerful is becoming incredibly monotonous, and they've even like nerfed the yeah. animation of it. But good. It's still, when I watch it, I'm like, man, that takes they really? a while. Yeah, um, it's just shorter now, but. Like when you look at Android 17's level three, it's like that spin move or whatever, and that's yeah. like, and I think that that's cool dope. enough, and it looks cool, and it's like instant and it's fast. And Broly's level three is like that ball thing mm-hmm. that was like functional. So hopefully they'll incorporate incorporate more like functional level threes as opposed to these like long cinematic animations. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, um, I think those are yeah, man. I've been excited to play. <laughs> I, I think everybody should go check out at least the grand finals for Saga Six, if not the top eight. Watch how Kazun- Kazunoko plays. It's really cool. He's like uh adult gohan pre-patch was sort of like he could generate offense and pressure for 
days essentially and it was like if you got caught blocking it was almost like a it's like you it was you would want to block not block at all costs like you want to stay a neutral against adult gohan because if you if he if he gets going you're probably gonna get mixed up right that's sort of how kazunoko has been able to structure his team and it looks a little more fair because it's not all coming off of one character but the way he uses go tanks uh, with the yamcha and um gohan assists like it's just fucking cool, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah. His team is his team's badass. It's it's yeah. really fun to watch. So is he like rising up to be a, a battle against Sonic Fox? I guess he's surpassing he, Goichi, he, huh? Yeah, lost, for sure. He yeah, he lost to Sonic Fox too recently, like two yeah. to zero. Um he's basically Jeez. kind of like Sonic the Fox king. He's like the best of the rest right now. And so yeah. the rivalry is is switching, but like it is it is legitimately blowing my mind recognizing just how talented Sonic Fox is that he is able to best literally the best anime players in the world at this game. And yeah. it, it is fucking wild dude. Cause Kazunoko and, and there's like a lot of, and I mean, we're now we're kind of going on this subject for a bit, but it, even to get your guys take on this, there's like several guilty gear legends that are coming over now and playing the game and playing it seriously. And I don't know why, like what that is. I don't know if it's just because it's more popular and they see more opportunity for for an esports career in it than Guilty Gear, mm. or if they're they like the game better. But it is cool that that's happening. It's a little shocking to me. But even seeing Kazunoku um, take time away from training Street Fighter and training Guilty Gear and be like, I'm gonna, I'm a, I'm focusing on DBFZ now. Like that's wild, you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you have a whole new echelon of like a whole new like subsection of players, right? Like these players are all Dragon Ball Fighters players first, and it's kind <laughs> of this whole new collective of people who came from all sorts of different uh, parts of the FGC, which has been very cool. And it's just like undeniable now at this point to say that you know Sonic Fox is not one of the best fighting game players ever, just because of the fact ever. that yeah. he was dominating so much, and people would make excuses that there were games that nobody played, and then he went into Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, and then he bodied everybody in that, but then that game died super fast. Everybody's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, there wasn't really competition. And then he plays like the most popular game in the world and still dominates all these international players too as well. So. Are y'all thinking with all this hype and all this uh, excitement and attention, do you think that it'll take the, like, start taking more tournaments as like the final game that gets played? As yeah. opposed to Street Fighter? I feel like we've been talking about this like for a while and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't I still don't feel like Street Fighter is threatened for some reason. Hmm. I still feel like Street Fighter feels like the number one fighting game, hmm. just like on a social level. But I don't know. I think that if any game was gonna do it, it's gonna be Dragon Ball Fighters for sure. Okay. So just curious. Yeah. All right. Before we end things, just a real quick touch. It was confirmed that Keanu Reeves is going to be in Toy Story 4. <laughs> no shit. Well, the only thing you could do to make me get on board with Toy Story yeah, 4 just dude. happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> Pretty cool. That is awesome. Holy cow, that is breaking I news. think I heard, um, I might have heard Key and Peele doing voiceovers for a... Um, for a theatrical trailer for it as well. So. All right, man. All right. Okay. There, yeah, they are aware that people are skeptical. Yeah. So, like, okay, we <laughs> yeah. got to sell Bring this the big guns. Point. You got to oh. get, yeah, you got to Keenan Peel, but then you got to sell them with Keanu. Oh, man. <laughs> you reel them in. Those are good. Oh, man. Well, I got to let that sink in here for a moment. So let's take a quick break here, and we'll come right back, because we got a special second half, so stay tuned. Okay. Beep, boop, beep, boop. 
If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. Boom. All right, we're back. Sorry. This is the second half. And no, it's okay. I appreciate don't that. Apologize. I had to take I had to take Don't apologize for the beeps. Yeah, please you don't, don't. You don't ever, ever apologize for your beeps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, take it ever. from us. There's one rule we follow here. Uh, and the second rule is drinking beer. So, by the way, are you enjoying this beer or not? I've got to say, I'm purposefully withholding. Why? Because I had the first few sips and I was like, shit, this is pretty good. <laughs> Smart. And I that's wanted to save of, some for the second half. That's very... Well, you saved most of it. I just feel like... So, okay, you hear double IPA. You hear that it's only the first runnings. Right. You're like, this is going to be thick. This grimy. Is gonna be for sure. This is going to be, uh, you know, kind of... It's going to be grimy. Yeah, for sure. I don't know about grimy. <laughs> that's but, what I think. Um, but man, this is light and refreshing and it's very fruity. Like... Mm-hmm. You all, you, you'll hear a lot about people talking about their mandarina or their whatever, you know, tropical hops. They're, yeah, the tropical citrus flavors. That yeah. I'm like, wait, And sometimes you like, yeah, yeah, you're like, sometimes <laughs> it kind of comes through, you know, sometimes I get it or maybe it's like way too much. But this right. is like a full, like, starburst fruit rush juiciness. But Ooh. then it still finishes at the end like a beer. Yeah. It still finishes like a nice double IPA. It reminds you who it is and yeah. what it is all about, really. Yeah. And that's about the hops. Yeah, here are the goods, but I'm still the daddy. Yeah, but it's for not sure. too happy. So I think it's very well, good. Well, okay, really like so it. it only being 30 IBUs. Right. It, are we at the point now where we're just calling it an IPA for marketing purposes? Like, is that what's going on here? Is this just an imperial pale ale, you know? Like, I don't know what the rules are. Well, I think because the the, original the first style, running is the rule, mm-hmm. I think, right? I mean, sure. I don't think you just say it's not it's not bitter and therefore it's not a double IPA, right? Well, no, but you okay, can, but fair. but having taking first runnings just makes the beer quote unquote imperial, and there's imperial stouts, there's imperial, yes, you know, you can you can do other imperial styles. I'm just curious if like to me, the IPA bursts onto the scene as this as a very specific flavor profile, and now. The IPA is the king of the craft beer market, and that's what people people synonymize craft beer with IPA. Um, yep. And I'm just you know I just wanted to, what you guys thought about that. I think it definitely drinks closer to a juicy pale ale. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it has the alcohol and the backbone to kind of carry it a little more because like a pale ale, you're gonna get like five, maybe six percent usually. Yeah, this is almost eight. So, but it doesn't drink like eight. So. I don't know. It's just, I don't think that it, it, it definitely doesn't give me the usual double IPA or Imperial IPA that I, you know, I'm used to. So I like that because I think so many breweries or whatever have such a tendency to kind of overboard on that. But yeah, they might have the tendency to make them so like hoppy that like, if you can handle it, you're a true yeah, beer craft. Let me see your balls. They do it. Yep. They're dingling. They make it just too rich and too chocolatey and too alcoholic, and it's like God. I just, I just want an easy drinking <laughs> beer here, man. God, I just want this. 
No, I, I understand. And I think that you're right. I think that this this beer tastes like it is something other than a double IPA. Like mm-hmm. it's got those citrusy flavors and things like that. It's not doesn't wouldn't even catch me that off guard if I thought it was an IPA. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it would be like this is a really drinkable IPA. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what to think about when I hear the idea that it's called a double IPA, you know, in this in this case. You but. could have told me that this was like a wheat IPA and I would have believed it. You know? Like I always have weedy beers that have like kind it of the hazy. fruity nature. It it's is. very hazy. And that's it, that's kind of also what I'm getting at. Is it looks like a weed a wheat beer. Yeah, if you a let weedy. me fucking finish. Yeah, I was headed right there, dude. It's hazy. I was gonna it's make just that like shit. a wheat Shut beer. Your mouth. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it is foggy. So what what are you drinking, Chase? <laughs> let uh, me get out of here. Yeah, but what are you thinking uh, about that uh, international whiskey? Sir? So I looked up on their website some more details about it and why it's called a double barrel whiskey, and it's right. because they age it twice in two different sets of barrels. One they use American oak bourbon barrels, and then they use a Spanish oak. Oloroso barrels and what their website claims is that the American oak uh, brings some of that like sweet honeyed vanilla flavor and then the Spanish oak brings a um, like dry fruit nutty kind of flavor um, so that's pretty cool that that's sort of what that that's the process here I also want to remark on just the color of the whiskey it is one of the most beautiful like caramel browns I've seen like I'm it, it's super pretty and um Darian poured it up without ice or anything, so I've been drinking it neat, and I've been kind of astonished at how easy it is to drink just absolutely straight. It's only 42% alcohol by volume, so it's on the lighter side, but I you do not need to cut this with the ice. In fact, I think that would be to its detriment. Um, so that being said, so far my experience with it has been fantastic. It has made an awesome first impression. It's very easy to drink. Um, and now that I see the flavor notes that they've provided, I'm going to look a little bit more for that dried fruit and nuttiness. Cause I haven't, that wasn't what jumped out at me, but it is definitely sweet, extreme flavors of caramel and malt. Um, I absolutely get honey. Uh, so, so far it has been like, it's, it's been in the upper echelon of the whiskeys that we've tried on here. Right on, man. That's cool. Dope. Uh, well, we have a very special Second half here planned. We had somebody send in a bracket. Brackets. Mr. Dooney, right? Mr. Dooney Ray, fan yeah, of the show. Some may say super top fan, fan super mm-hmm. fan, yep. if you will. Uh, and he sent in a, a banger. This was yeah, a yeah, good idea. Really did. We were all like, fuck, that's such a good idea yeah. when he sent it to us. Because this bracket is going to be over. Breakfast cereals. A breakfast bracket. Yeah. A breakfast bracket, if you will. Um, which is a, you know, that's that's a debate as long as time, you know? Yeah. Everybody has Everyone their Everyone has favorites. their opinion, yeah. Everybody, and they're passionate. Everybody's yeah. very passionate about their <laughs> Nobody is passive. Nobody's like, I like this, but like, I see where you're coming from. It's like, no, no, no. Nobody's, everybody's like, what the, why would you eat that, you fucking doofus? Eat this one instead. This is the best one. You're dumb. So this is going to be an interesting one, but we have a, a top 16 here. We can- Nation. This is Hunter, DJ extraordinaire, and by extraordinaire, I mean failure. Uh, we had some technical difficulties on my end, I should say. Uh, unfortunately, halfway through this bracket, which we were having a fucking blast on, uh, it just cut off on my end, and I didn't notice until we completely finished it. If you want to understand the idea of deflation... You should have seen us after this because we didn't know what to do. We tried to uh, record and 
get a you know some sort of a semblance of a second half and, and an outro going but i'm gonna just throw what we have in uh for the very end so if you want to listen for the first you know 15 minutes or so listen through the outro i'm just gonna plop it in there and then it's just gonna be done so sorry about that and hopefully maybe we'll do it next week lo sientos mi amigos I'm ready. All right. All right. Man. We're back. Yeah. All right. I can't even Fun like energy. not act bummed. Not everybody is perfect, you know. <laughs> even us here at Witty Banter, we sometimes run into some trouble from time to time. Let's say technical difficulties here. So uh, no we, stranger. We had something planned for this second half that was going to be mind blowing, right? We yeah. were going to do uh, Israel's bracket that he sent to us, his breakfast cereal bracket. Mm-hmm. It was going to be really amazing. Uh, we went through it, but ends up some of that recording was lost, so we are not, unfortunately, able to post it. But it was a pretty tricky bracket, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to try it again. Yeah. Yep. We're willing to see if those uh, if we mix up the matchups. Right. See if we get some different results for here. Sure. Yeah, for sure. So stay tuned. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're not going to do that right now. <laughs> Because I'm exhausted from screaming at both of you. (laughs) Seriously. For the most part. So instead, uh, we already talked about the beers technically. Or have we not? We 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 did a little bit. But we can round about. I'm in like a a different timeline right now. Yeah. So you'll (laughs) have to. You know the true timeline. Are we going to do the email? But let's just go over to the email for now. Come get your beer. So, yeah, we'll, we're going to answer some email and, you know, it'll be a little bit shorter of an episode, right. maybe. Um, but at least we do have some. But I do want to give a, a call to the Banter Nation. Our email, our bag is reached. We're reaching the bottom here. So yeah, make sure you go to WittyBanterShow yeah. at gmail.com. Send us some questions. Uh, it always makes the back half of the show a lot more fun. If maybe you haven't written in in a little while, maybe you used to write in and uh, it's been a bit. Go ahead and send a question our way. Um I also want to mention, because we didn't do this at the top of the show, we're on Spotify now, which is yeah, pretty badass. Yeah, fucking dope. Nice. So I'm go excited. subscribe to us on Spotify. <laughs> we know you have Spotify, dude. Stop <laughs> lying to us. I don't. I know you have, What? I don't. <laughs> That's wild. You should definitely do it's, that. It's pretty but I might up. now. Um, All right. So yeah, go go boost us on those algorithms and subscribe to us on Spotify. Maybe you prefer to listen to podcasts on your Spotify. But yeah, anyway, we're going to read some email. WittyBanterShow at gmail.com. Add your voice to the show um, just like Mr. Eduardo Santana did. Which, by the way, I've been talking to him recently. He's a man who's lived internationally in a couple different countries. He's in the U.S. now. He lived in Denmark for a while. He's from Brazil. And apparently he's moving back to Denmark sometime in the near future. So there's a good chance me and Eduardo are going to get to uh, cling some beers together. Oh, that's and, cool. And uh, have a good time. Jealous. Very Absolutely. Well. That's dope. So one of his questions that he has sent to us is he asked, what is your favorite fight scene in a movie? And he says, mine would probably have to be the corridor fight in Old Boy. And I like this question because I think we have a lot to choose from. We're big kind of martial arts fans here. And like, where do, where do y'all's heads kind of first go? Because there's, there's a lot of fight scenes out there. Well, first off, shout out to his choice. That is a very iconic scene in yeah. Old Boy. Uh, the one still frame shot that pans down the hallway as he's fighting through is a really cool shot for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that movie itself is not really like known for being like a martial arts movie first. Uh, but those movies that I think of that come first are the raid, obviously. 
It's hard yep. for me to find exactly which part of the raid that I would choose. Cause it's kind I would of choose the corridor scene in that one. Where he slams the it's, dude's head under the... It's under just the after he was hiding in the in the wall. Um, and like yeah. the guy like sticks the machete and cuts his, his face. When he comes out of there, he gets ambushed by like six dudes. And it's where he like is... He's got the knife and the baton. He's got the baton in his left hand and the knife in his right. And he like yeah. takes out like eight oh, dudes. Dude, oh, and he, and he he does that door yeah, frame kill. Yeah, the door frame kill is one of the best kills ever. <laughs> In martial yeah. arts, for sure. Uh, but to be perfectly honest, I always I have this answer already loaded for anybody who asks me. I feel like I know what both of y'all are going to say. Really? Mm, Is it going to be Hitman? Hitman's versus 10 black belts. Yeah. That scene yeah. was fucking insane. That I scene agree. That I, I, I still show people it. Yeah, like, for sure. I feel like it's a, it's like a joke that always lands, you know, like you can literally show it to anybody and it, they're going to be fucking blown away. And they're like, <laughs> no, dude, the scene for. Oh, never mind. That was fucking incredible. Yeah. There's just I so give much some, choreography to it. Do we have it, any honorable mentions, though? Um, so like I would I would give an honorable mention to the nunchuck scene in the Chinese connection. Also very cool. Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give an honorable mention to when Neo fights Agent Smith. Also very I think cool. it's See, I was going to say Neo versus uh, uh, Morpheus and when they're, you know, kind of fighting around the first little dojo. Pretty I iconic. Like that one. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 more That's iconic. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's it's not as deep as some of the other fights. I think that you all have seen. But. Right. I also think in the protector when he fights like Dude. 50 dudes at the end and just breaks everybody's legs. <laughs> yeah, that was it's pretty, pretty cool. awesome. That was a very cool scene for sure. But no, I'd have to go it, man. Matt or Hunter, do you have any? Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched maybe some sword too, fights. Too many, many, maybe some what? Some sword fights that you enjoy, you know? No, I mean, I like some of the ch- like a lot of the fights, quote unquote, that I used to watch were a lot cheesier, and they weren't actual fights. It'd be like Rocky, right? Like mm. I always thought that Rocky Four versus yeah, the hey. Russian was like. That's so a cool sick. scene, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean that that would be maybe you know uh, a nice shout out for me. But um, I I saw the It Man as well, and I think that that um, that scene is pretty sick. Right. Cool. Uh, right. Yeah. Eduardo's. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say. I, I think that that's definitely our final answer for sure. So. Uh, Eduardo has one more question, and I'm going to read it first. And it, it says, "What are your thoughts on how healthcare is handled in the U.S. versus countries like the U.K. and Denmark?" And I feel like the way that I have to lead this answer off is like I'm so fucking clueless about how it all actually works that it's hard for me to give an opinion. Like, basically, when I got healthcare at Sony, it was like, "Okay, you have healthcare now," and I was very tentatively just like. I never even really looked into it or asked questions. I very rarely go to the doctor. Yeah. I'm so ignorant on all that <laughs> shit. It's yeah. hard for me to answer. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I've never tried to use witty banter as a soapbox yeah. for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, as a minor soapbox, I think it's handled very poorly. I mean, I don't know exactly, like, like Chase said, I'm not, like, super into... I don't exactly know how to financially argue my points, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think that there are definitely other examples where like more, you know, you know, it's gonna be like completely universal forms of healthcare, but more affordable healthcare is available in different nations. And it seems to work pretty well, even in like very close 
closely cultural nations like Canada and things like that. Mm -hmm. But of course, every nation is different size-wise, population. There's a lot of things to consider. But I think that at the end of the day, that a government should have something within itself that prevents people from dying because they can't afford to be helped. Yeah. You know, something in place that at least helps that. Something that just alleviates that extra tension. Because I think that that's, if you have to make the choice to be like, I could try to heal myself, but I might end up putting a financial burden on either myself or my family. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's like a decision anybody should ever have to make. So anything we can do to prevent that, I'm all for. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, it takes, it like basically takes, takes people out of the running in terms of like, what they're able to it takes people like out of society essentially like if you have a devastating accident and next thing you know like your entire all of your money is wiped out you like don't get like starting from square zero can can literally hamper you forever it takes you out of the the race you know and that's that's fucked up too yeah i think it's one of those things where you know i think it is a natural sort of tendency and dogma for America and Americans to think that, you know, having sort of a, a capitalism or privatization of, of all sorts of different industries and sectors is going to lead to the most good or to the most efficiencies or whatever. But there's just nothing good really about having a sector where you're incentivized to cut costs, where you're incentivized to raise prices where you're incentivized to kind of, you know, not work just on the behalf of the good of the people. And I think that we're in a little bit of a middle ground where, you know, we're doctors, I don't think get as paid as much as they used to. Um, And I think, so it's like, you know, you're, you have less of an incentive to try and work to become a doctor because it is so difficult. Um, But now you like you, you get paid less, but you have to see more people. And right. you have more responsibilities and stuff as a doctor now. And it's becoming harder. It's becoming a more difficult profession. And so I think um, if I had to just say absolute polarization one way or the other, probably the more, you know, whatever is going to be the least cost. I mean, I think America has some of the highest costs of healthcare anywhere in the world. So that's not ideal. But at the same time, I understand that there are, you know, it is definitely not an easy thing to solve. As as our strong, fearless leader said, who knew healthcare could be so complicated? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. Who knew it? You know. Who knew? I had. No- <laughs> I, w- Beats I me. will say, um, I'm going to be. So in Germany, they have like a free option. Um, so I'm going to be kind of figuring out what it's like over there. And granted, like I've already seen basically what how I'm going to be taxed in that country. And I'm kind of happy that I've been in California so I can get used to the gut punch of how much money I'm going to be, it's going to be taken out of my check, but they, cause they have like a, there's, they get taxed way more. Right. But mm-hmm. so, you know, everything's supposed to, is going to kind of even out. I'm, I'm thinking. So I'm the experience there is that they have a law that covers all people. And they told me that like 80% of Germans are insured under that universal healthcare law. Hmm. And then the other 20% who might have like more specific health issues can find private companies that will help them out more specifically towards their needs. And those are, are more expensive options. 
Um, but even underneath the free options, there's like different plans. So like I can choose a specific plan that's geared more towards like my youthfulness and the health that I have now, um, which sounds sounds pretty cool. I'm excited to basically uh, not really pay a whole lot of money, um, <laughs> if any. That sounds very healthcare. exciting. So that sounds like a lot of fun, honestly. We'll see how it happens. Like I'll finally have uh, some actual differentiated experience, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I don't think any of us have experience with other forms of healthcare. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to, to hear from Eduardo about, like, what that's like and what that was like making a transition to the States. Yeah. And if he, like, felt that impact or if that was something that he had to consider. So I just know yeah. through experience that if you get sick in America for a long time, God damn. you're in a bad position. Yeah, that sucks. Then. So you shouldn't have done shit. that. You shouldn't have gotten sick. So <laughs> walk it off. That's capitalism. <laughs> shouldn't have gotten all those vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> awful <laughs> all right well luckily all right, we stay all very healthy and we drink a beer a week at least yeah so keep the, keep the doctor keep away. The, yeah for sure uh any final verdicts on this beer i really like it really think it's a great beer yeah. um it's it's fruity um but not like gimmicky fruity i think it's just like a really juicy um kind of like orangish you know tropical fruitiness and i think that Although it touts itself as a double IPA, I think it drinks a little easier than a double IPA typically does. Um, and it doesn't, it has 7.8% alcohol by volume. I think it drinks a little easier than that. And I think that it, um, you know, it's, it's often that when you get into double IPAs, you're going to be getting into the 9, 10, 11% range. So it wasn't just so focused on bitterness and alcohol, which is kind of the trope. So I think it's just, I think it's really well done. Yeah. I like it. No, I mean, I, I got to disagree with everything that you said. I mean, when I hear double IPA, I think all these different things, but it's not what this beer is. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not a detriment to the beer. I do think that the hop characteristics are present on the tail end of the taste. Uh, but the first sip is super approachable. It's got lots of fruity, citrusy flavors to it. Um, good body to it. Good weight to it. Good alcohol by con or, yeah, good alcohol to it. So it's not too overwhelming or anything. I like the beer a lot. So thumbs up. What about you, Chase? What's the final word? All right. So the Glendalo I've read also, they won two gold medals at some like San Franciscan world whiskey competition. Um, so apparently this is a pretty accomplished whiskey that I'm drinking. Uh, and that makes sense. It comes through. This is, it's just like the, f the flavors are fantastic. Um, and it's, sweetness it's vanilla-ness it's it has um and it's even a little creamy and then now that i've been looking for that dried fruit flavor that comes through mostly in the aftertaste where it's like if you take a sip and kind of exhale it kind of fills your nose with those flavors which is nice i don't know if i necessarily would have picked that out on my own and that may not be that may just be my own fault but it is very light um I think almost too light for my personal taste. So I'm drinking it neat and it's it's like if this was cut with anything else, I don't know if this thing would hold up as well. Um, and that being said, I think it actually does make it a very good candidate for mixing into cocktails, which is something to be considered. But on its own, it's like 
it's it's done all the right things. Like if I were to meet these guys in person and be like, well, I, you know, I gave it an eight out of ten instead of a nine out of ten because it was too light. I'd feel like an asshole. Right. But <laughs> there is something there for me. So you know, overall, fantastic. Happy to have tried it. Glad I own it. Um, but you know, yeah, I guess that's it. Nice. Glad I got it. Glad you own it. <laughs> yeah. All right, gentlemen. Kind of a weird episode, yeah. you know. Yeah. There's a weird talking to the air. Let me tell you. So I'm gonna go ahead and just put a pin in it. Let's wrap this up, okay? Okay. If you want to listen to more bangers like this one, yeah, you can go on down to wittybantershow.com. <laughs> They're all there, okay? You can go and follow us uh, at wittybantershow. On Twitter, you can follow Chase at Bodacious Chase. You can follow me at Probably Max. Uh, you can follow uh, Hunter at Crypto Diesel on YouTube. Got some cool videos and stuff like that up for you to go watch. Um, like Chase said before, we're on Spotify now. Yeah. So we're on all. Big of them. win. There's no excuses now. Yeah. All right. When I call you out on the streets and I ask you, why don't you listen to our show? Yeah. You better tell me it's because you think it sucks and not we're because on you Apple. can't find it. We're on Spotify. What right. the more do you want? Uh, you have at least one of those for sure. Yeah. But yeah, definitely go spread the word about us, and we will be back next week. We'll see if we're talking about cereal. We'll see if we're talking about that cereal <laughs> or not. I think we might be. I think so. <laughs> Adios, guys. Beta pop 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 pop. Everybody and they're passionate. Everybody's yeah. very passionate about everything. <laughs> Nobody is passive. Nobody's like, I like this, but like I see where you're coming from. It's like, no, no, no. Nobody's <laughs> everybody's like, what the why would you eat that, you fucking doofus? Eat this one instead. This is the best one. You're dumb. So this is gonna be an interesting one, but we have a, a, a top sixteen here. We took a few liberties. Yeah, we made some changes to, to his suggestions. Only because it was it needs to be things that are familiar with us three. And there's a lot of breakfast cereals out there. There are. So we didn't want any breakfast cereals on here to just be killed from ignorance because we didn't know. So uh, do need for listening. You might notice a few tweaks here and there. The so, opening right. rounds are very thematic, and we're very excited. Yes, and we did. Yeah, we made thematic choices, and we also noticed that he made thematic choices he as did. well. So very well. Very proud. A lot of, of harmony so. here. Absolutely. <laughs> Goodwill. <So>, all right, <laughs> gentlemen, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into this. Because the first one, one is already a hot topic for me. It's a okay? banger. It's already a banger. It's, it's going to be. Uh, a lot of people don't think it's a banger, but I think it's a banger. It's a banger. Absolutely. So we got Lucky Charms versus Apple Jacks. Right? Yeah. So here's the thing. Okay. I get it. All right. Lucky Charms. <laughs> it's like, a pinnacle a of clear, cereal. Yeah. There's it's a clear, the clear favorite victor. It's a, or the clear favorite, right? This is the round one, seed one versus seed 16. Right. But well, I watch a lot of Mar- Mad- or March Madness, man. Sometimes that seed one falls because that seed 16 is just like that secret, delicious taste that nobody appreciates. I will say this, okay? <laughs> Apple Jacks is a cereal. That Good. never gets mentioned, but when it does, people are like, oh my God, Apple Jacks. <laughs> it's the like, dark horse. No yeah. one ever remembers Apple Jacks and is like, ah, I, you know, yeah, it was okay. That was a funny cereal, yeah. Yeah, no, they're like, that fucking was a, a fantastic cereal. Yeah, for sure. So it's a dark horse, but. But I also have. To, have but I, but I have a little to bit mention, more. 
But I have to mention, their fucking mascots are hysterical. And yes. while I never really ate Apple Jacks, every time their commercials came on and those reggae motherfuckers were jamming on <laughs> Apple Cinemon. Jacks, I was Cinemon. pretty happy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> they do I feel it like well. We're, I feel like we're heaping praise on Apple Jacks because we kind of know that the number one seed is making it out of here, man. Like, we're, we're talking marshmallows for breakfast, and there's going to be more to be said on how, like, pivotal Lucky Charms are, I think, as it moves through the bracket. I mean... All right. As long as it's established that at least I, and I think we all, appreciate Apple Jacks for what they are. Yeah. It's one of my personal favorite cereals. I would request it from my mother mm-hmm. when she went to the store. So yeah. as long as it's out into the ether... Kids know it by name. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Apple Jacks, but you must lose to Lucky Charms. You're the thing. sacrificial th- lamb. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I actually, like through and through, probably like Apple Jacks a little more. Yeah, no, me too, for but, sure. But I think Lucky well, Charms' well, highs and lows average out to you know a net positive. It's more than just what we like. Yeah. You know? There's <laughs> a lot the of cereal. There's a legacy <laughs> to consider here. It's the culture. Do you know are. the entire song of the Apple Jacks? Because I know like yeah, yeah, that's very true. And this is why we were kind of joking about there being a loser's bracket and why this yeah. would have been an important time for that Apple Jacks dark to at least make it through bracket. the fucking loser's bracket for sure. It. Damn, but that's all right. Could have flipped it. <laughs> all right. Yeah, run it back for the reset. Uh, this next one, speaking of themes here, we've got Fruity Pebbles versus Fruit Loops. Mm. Now, this is a tricky one because I don't have a strong affinity towards either of these for the most part. I've I never like the program had, Fruity Loops. I've got to be completely Whoa. transparent. I've never Whoa. had Fruity Pebbles. You've never Whoa. had Fruity Pebbles? I was Holy a Fruit Loops shit. only guy. Yeah. Toucan weird. Sam for me. That's yeah. fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> is it? This is, let me, hold on. Let me, Can we take let me a break? Tell you this. I have a pretty pragmatic approach to this. All okay. right. I think they're both fantastic cereals. I preferred fruity Lo- or fruit fruit Lo- <laughs> I preferred Fruit Loops for two reasons. Fruity Pebbles one would coat my mouth with this really weird kind of like film, like the way that that my upper mouth felt at the end was was something that was singular to eating Fruity Pebbles that wasn't exactly great, but the big swing here is that Fruity Pebbles wilted in milk very fast. So they're it pebbles. was a race true. against the true. clock. They're fucking pebbles. That is true. The I loops while have longevity. I, exactly. The loops have a, have a sturdier constitution. And, <laughs> you know, it's just... <laughs> let, me, let me just make this argument here, though. Okay. Because I do want to make this argument. I like this counter. Okay. Fruity Pebbles, you're right. Take them out separately. What do you have? A small, dainty pebble. That wilts in milk very quickly. Mm-hmm. But when you have them together, you have a perfectly symmetrical and full spoon, no matter what spoon you got when you jumped into that bowl. Because it's a mm. mound. It's a mound of little pebbles that came out of that bowl. And if you were fast enough and quick enough, <laughs> and you were, because fruity pebbles were good. I like how you have to time it. You could definitely eat them in time. And I think it's just like goes to say that like when you got a box of fruity pebbles that thing was filled up to the top like volume wise there's not a lot of space mm-hmm. between those pebbles that is a box Ooh, of cereal yeah it's pure volume when it comes to the loops man there's you know gaps everywhere there's a donut there. hole yeah you know there's a big hole in each one you know it's 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 not the same in that sense i think you got a fuller bite out of the fruity pebbles i think that there's something to be said too even outside of the cereal bowl <laughs> yeah, people used to <laughs> eat fruity pebbles as a snack <laughs> or no not fruity pebbles Fruit Loops. 
Yeah. I used to see people, people bring them in bags. In a bag. Bring them in a bag for lunch. And they're fucking good. Sure. That's a great choice. <laughs> yeah. I got to go with the loops. The milk. I, I'm loopy for loops. I, yeah, no, I understand. Uh, again, pay my respects where they're due for your pebbles. You know, there's yeah. a time and place. Pour one out for the homie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right. Make sure you, you eat it real quick decision. before it gets too soggy. All right. Fruity loops. All okay, right. guys. Next one's up. Uh, also, God damn it. I don't think this one's as close. You don't think so? Not for me. Well, we'll find out. We've got <laughs> Cocoa Puffs, the chocolatey classic, versus the Snap, Crackle, and Pop of Rice Krispies. Yeah. Mm. Now, I'm surprised that you say that this one's not... This is not I was a, never a, a Rice Krispie guy. Dude, that's crazy. There is a lot of things you can do with Rice Krispies. I was about Krispies. to say, dude, you want to talk about the... The longevity <laughs> Beyond outside the of cereal. the milk bowl, dude. This yeah. is like <laughs> Rice Krispies have been used in confectionery delicacies in households in America For of sure. all types and varieties. Is yeah. there any difference between the Rice Krispie cereal and Rice Krispie treats? That is, as far as I'm concerned, they're the same. I don't know, man, because we're talking about breakfast what do you cereal. Mean? A rice crisp, but but they can be used in Rice Krispie treats, <laughs> yeah, which is a delicious be. dessert. That is true. Are you a- um, are you asking what a rice krispie treat is? No. <laughs> <laughs> are you offending me? Like, excuse me. I think he's asking like, is it fair? I'm used to the wrapped rice krispie treat, which is like a stuck together rice krispie. It's unit. a bar of rice krispies yeah. with marshmallow. Yeah. 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 Marshmallow yeah. and butter. Yeah. It's, and you also, dude, you ha- you get to put sugar into the bowl to make them snap. But I feel like pop. y'all are comparing cocoa that puffs is to true, that, which is. is I don't know if that's the same as the cereal. He's, yeah, okay. So you're saying, like, let's be honest and make it cereal versus cereal? Yes. I get that. That's fair. Let's bring it. Respect. Mono e mono here. But you are right. That was a cereal where it was kosher for you to pour sugar straight yeah, into your Yeah, that bowl. was a part of the <laughs> ritual. And that is a strong, strong thing. That, like, I remember specifically pouring the mound right in the center so that it wouldn't dissipate right. in the <laughs> cereal. And then you just use your spoon yeah. and you just. Dig into that as you grab but some. Could you not? I mean, do people not do that on other cereals? But it's the culture no. of the eating <laughs> of Rice Krispies that you okay, do. Okay, guys. That. Well, important. you want to talk about culture? How about your milk turning into chocolate milk? You know, with Cocoa Puffs. I, okay. I was cuckoo for that. As yeah. Uh, yeah, as as a as a freaking and a very winnable having a hard on for for chocolate milk throughout my yeah. entire life. I still have I, the hard on still it's here. Still there. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, yep. Oh, still there. And. <laughs> I, I can't say anything other than the fact that I like. I mean, it gets the worst part about cocoa puffs is when they're in there too long and they get a little soggy, right? That happens to all cereal. But though. then it's yeah, what it are we just, talking it about? It rebounds, here? but it rebounds with the chocolate milk you get to drink at the end when that happens. Which is good because your chocolate milk gets better as your cereal gets soggy. Yeah, it is. A, yeah, it is. And a, there is an equilibrium, a one for one correlation. That's like a strong. Like there's a minute. There's like a thirty <laughs> seconds worth of time that you have to kill the entire bowl. That is perfect, right? So. Look, I think you're, I, like I kind of want to give it to you guys and see where you come down, but I will say, you know, what? So let me ask you guys this: what's what kind of ice cream do I like? Vanilla or chocolate? Vanilla. In I'm a not a big chocolate cone. guy, and that that started <laughs> in my youth. I've never been a big fan of the cocoa puffs. My vote is Rice Krispies, but I'm willing to to let you guys kind of decide it. My vote is cocoa puffs. I'm going to give it to Max. You know what? This sucks because I think we were, you know. <laughs> I really, I feel like I have my heart is breaking on each one of these. You know, it really is. And but which way is it breaking? It's a struggle, but yeah, it's, it really is. It's it's unfortunately it's breaking because I have to go with cocoa puffs. Yes. Cocoa puffs wow. are a classic. Rice krispies are great, but I think they're better treats than they are cereal. And at the end of the day, the cereal is in the treat. Gotcha. 
I respect your decision. Hey, Max. thank you so much. I'm glad somebody here does. All right. This Moving next on. one is uh, I think this I like this one. This is a good one. Uh, frosted mini wheats versus frosted flakes. Again, yeah. a battle of frosting. Keeping it frosty. We are very frosty. This is tricky because I think at first when I saw this, I was like, okay, Frosted Flakes. It's a classic. I'll go with that. But at the mm, end of the day, sure. yeah, I know. No, no 100%. That's what I thought. <laughs> the other no, way. No, yeah. no. Frosted Mini Wheat. You want to talk about soggy? Frosted Flakes almost immediately goes Yeah, soggy. for sure. That's a sure. piece of paper in there. Yeah, it really is. I don't and even know what a Frosted Flake is. On the other side, Frosted <laughs> oh, Mini yeah, Wheat. Frosty Flaps. Strong constitution. <laughs> strong build to those Frosted Mini Wheats, man. Those things, you got some time. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> yes. sure. it's nice to time. let the milk soak into them and yeah. you get this sort of like pillowy explosion better. of the milk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, sure. yeah, it is a pillowy explosion <laughs> of milk. And the frosting <laughs> stays hard. Yes. While it gets soggy. There's something about it gets like crunchy. Yeah. Like when you bite into it on the other side. I'm, I mean, I'm totally a mini-wheats guy. Look, and yeah. you have those times where like, <laughs> first of all, the frostedness on the mini-wheat, I feel like was more predisposed to getting globs of the frostedness. And then sometimes they'd stick together and have these ultra uh, wheats. And like, dude, Tony the Tiger, kind of a weird fucking dude. Why do you like kids so right. much? What's with all the sports? I don't like <laughs> you hanging around. What's with all the sports? That's why I've been asking people for years. And everybody <laughs> thought I was crazy. I will say that I remember not having Frosted Flakes for a long time and then maybe going to like a hotel, like, uh, you know, all you like Hotel Continental Breakfast or something and all they have is fucking Frosted Flakes. And I'll have it and I'm like, oh, wait, I actually do fucking like these. It's a fine cereal. Yeah, I do not want to shit on Frosted Flakes. I'm just going to say there's something special about the mini wheats for me. Pillowy explosion of milk perfectly encompasses it. Absolutely. And there was a way that you ate them too. Because there was like one side, so like you would maneuver yeah. them in your mouth yeah. so that the sugar side was down yeah. on your tongue <laughs> yep. when you bred into that bad boy. Yeah. So that's a relationship at that point. <laughs> that for yeah. sure. I gotta go frosted mini weights. That's that's just my that's my takeaway from okay. all this for sure. Cool. We're halfway through this first round. All right, gang. Next one. We're on the other side now. That was one half of the bracket. Uh, Captain Crunch versus Cinnamon Toast Crunch, man. Wow. You guys are gonna have to do some real convincing for me to not go with one. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, then you hold that for a second because I don't want to be biased here. So let's let's spitball here, Chase. Right, Captain Crunch. Uh, you have a lot of variety that comes with that too, as well. If you if yep. you think about it that way, you know, you could go down the the berry berry blast route. You right. can go peanut butter, mm-hmm. strong contender. I don't think that sure. gets to count though, because I will say I prefer peanut butter crunch over the Captain Crunch. Yeah. Okay. So if I guess we're thinking about classic Captain Crunch, let's think about what makes that kind of a unique shape and design. Some people yeah. say it can be sharp and a little strenuous to eat at times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's and a particular gives Captain Crunch flavor. There is. And, you know, it, it, it throws in the non-fruity pieces, which are always fun to indulge on. So you yeah. get a nice little, uh, you know, you get some, some texture in there. It right. still gives me a weird coating on my mouth. This one's very similar right. to the Fruity Pebbles where my mouth just felt strange afterwards, which is kind of like you don't... You don't want to feel guilty about the pleasure you just had, um, sure. <laughs> but well, I like hate that. I want to be give, yourself. When I'm thinking about it now, I'm going to give Captain Crunch its due. Peanut butter pr- crunch was fantastic, but dude, awesome. cinnamon toast crunch. When you want to talk about like, I hope my mom buys this for me. <laughs> that is that is in the upper fucking echelon. That is that is enshrined in memory as just the fucking. Is some it of the transcends best, a cereal into a treat again. It is 
in a league of its own, there's no other things that you like, <laughs> set wow. next to it. There's no like, you know what I mean? There's just nothing that's like what if you have a craving for like this type, you know, maybe I should get some cinnamon toast crunch. No, you have a craving for cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. It had its own flavor profile. I its agree. own like we talk about things wilting. And uh-huh. it did not. It had a stronger constitution for being a flatter cereal. It did. Compared to it. It did over time. Okay, of it's course. not invincible. No right. cereal right. is invincible to milk. <laughs> okay. But it definitely lasted longer, too, as well. So it maintained that crunch, as in the title. So that's the way I got to go. All right, Me, man. too. I mean, it's, it's arguably tops for me. So. Ooh, well, yeah. we'll have to see how that works out. Uh, we've got next up here is this Coke is Crisp yeah. versus Reese's Puffs for breakfast. Oh, that is fucking <laughs> devastating, dude. Yeah, I Fuck. know. Because honestly, like, <laughs> this both, reminds me we, of we, we might have yeah, just <laughs> gone through... We might have just gone through the top three fucking cereals for me. I love Reese's Puffs, but dude, that was another thing where it was like, when it came to Cookie Crisp, if like I was kind of alone in the kitchen, I'm going back for fourths, dude. I'm gonna fucking yeah, kill. I'm gonna kill uh, that. That bag. box is done for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which way I fall on this. This is tricky, man. Because uh, as as a kid, I think that I felt as a younger kid. I felt the luxury of the cookie crisp, right? Mm-hmm. I loved it. Obviously, in the name, it felt like a luxury to have as a child. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, cookies for breakfast. That's yeah. crazy. New Kid on the Block came around, Reese's Puffs. That was newer than cookie crisp. Yeah. And when Reese's Puffs came in, that shook some shit up, all right? It really Reese's added Puffs, the peanut butter Reese's back Puffs, into yeah. the Yeah, the into commercials the frame. were cooler, you know? Yeah, they you, were had, fun. you had cooler kids. You know, they <laughs> it wasn't just little kids <laughs> they, with Tony the Tiger. They, yeah, it wasn't yeah, they some were fat rapping. dog. <laughs> That was like so on a baseball field a lot dog. for some reason. <laughs> These guys were great. And uh, I mean, I, I respect Cookie Crisp a lot, but I think that I have to lean personally towards Reese's Puffs myself. I think that there's a combination of flavors to consider there. I love peanut butter. I love chocolate. And I think that it, it's really set itself as being some of the new blood of cereal. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to let Chase uh, kind of say his piece because I think he's got more of an opinion mm-hmm. on both of these than, than mine. By all means, yeah. The thing is, is like Reese's is my favorite candy, and it did a stellar job at bringing me the experience <laughs> of chocolate and peanut butter. I hear it a really did. Uh oh. But oh, that's a but. If I'm walking into a store today, <laughs> and I want a combination of delicious cereal and nostalgic reburn, I think I got to go with the Cookie Crisp. And you want to talk about standing up to the wilt? These very much True. don't really get soggy. They keep their crunchiness. And you're fucking eating cookies for breakfast, dude. That's true, man. All right, Hunter, we're all looking at you. I respect everything he just said. Mm-hmm. I stand by what I said. Yeah. But at all, what do you... Y'all are going to, again, blow, your minds might be blown, but I didn't have too, too much of either of these cereals. Uh-oh. I, I, I kept it between the lines here. Right. Um... <laughs> Which one of us then? He's a moderate. <laughs> Do you I think, like more? I think if you're going to go... So like I think of... When I think of Cookie, cookie Crisp, I kind of think of a cheat. It's like... it's, But that's kind of why I think I'm going to... But they're not real choose, cookies, dude. I they're think I'm going to choose cookies. Cookie Crisps. Okay. Whoa. I think well, I'm, yeah, choosing, I'm, I'm choosing Cookie Crisps. Hey, man, what are you talking... Yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever you just said, that'll work. <laughs> I think Reese's Puffs are an excellent cereal. But I think it's just like they're just playing with a losing hand, you know, yeah. like going up against <laughs> cookie cookie crisps. 
Like they're they're a treat. Nothing's gonna beat the royal. Flush. It's like these, this is a, a battle of the treats. <laughs> one is a fucking cookie. So uh, it's cookie in milk. It's a battle of the treats, and one of them is a fucking cookie. Yeah, yeah that's true. I yeah. mean, and it's and it's cookie subdued in milk. I mean, I don't know if you get <laughs> more of a treat than that. In milk. You so. take a cookie in the real world, <laughs> and you dip it into your milk anyway. Yeah. Like why not just cut that out yeah. <laughs> and make a fucking cereal just here. Just do a thousand of those. That's smart. Yeah. That's smart. So so cookie kids. Fair, fair. Cookie crisp. All right, we're getting down to the, the nitty gritty here, guys. Uh, Another theme here. I don't know how you feel about honey, but oh. we got honey nut Cheerios <laughs> versus honeycombs here. We want honeycombs. We want honeycombs. Anybody ever know what that thing actually was? Well, see, that's honeycomb I mean, monster. some sort of badger without a body. I would imagine like a, a hedgehog right. without legs or a torso, you know, of course it reminds me of like primate. Mm-hmm. The, um, oh, the, yeah, the, the Pokemon primate. Yeah. Yes, I can see that. Yeah, it's very sure. good, actually. Yeah. So <laughs> what Cheerios versus honey. So like Cheerios, I think are, they're great. They're serviceable. They're, uh-huh. of course, a, a lovely snack for two year olds and eight year olds alike. <laughs> they run the gambit there. A uh, lot of our viewers <laughs> or listeners. Yeah. Which, you know, I know there's a lot they of they say yes. We got to pay our dues. Oh, pay our specs. We're not here. We're not here to lose fans. Um, but that being said, the cookie crisp was just a more. I mean, the the honey nut, the honeycomb is a more interesting shape, and I think you get to have a little more fun with it while you're eating it. You know. And that is where we got cut out. So thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>